Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, first episode of 2019 of a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. My name is Dylan Murphy, I'm a guitar apprentice Padawan based in Galway, Ireland. And with me always, as always is my co-host, John Dylan. John, happy new year. And a happy new year to you. Was it a good one? Did you like stay up late and watch the ball drop and party and I don't know what kind of balls you have in America, John, but over here, <laughs> we uh, get drunk enough so that we don't have to talk to people. Um, so I, I don't know. It's like it's the middle of January. We're still allowed to say Happy New Year. First episode let's, uh, of the year. Let's, let's do it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, very, very civilized. I had to be that guy that threw the party. So I had to be that guy that had to clean up the next day. Which was, oh. um, yeah, a bit of a balls. But uh, no, it was, uh, it, was, it was fairly tame. How about you in Colorado? Cold, snow, yes? Um, well, cold and snowy, yeah. I think the 31st, it was like, you know, negative two degrees Fahrenheit, which I, I sent you guys a picture of it. It's something like negative 12 Celsius or something. It's, it was so freezing cold. I don't think I even made it to midnight. I'm an old man, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I had some well, beer and a whiskey and went, well, that's that it. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> uh, well, it's you know that's that's it's okay. The new it's year like, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And January is um, it's a it's a terrible month. It's it's just it's the worst month. I mean, it it's good for in some aspects in terms of like you know, I suppose you know you get to start you know making plans for the year and you're not like oh god another year over what have I done? It's more so like okay let's start you know doing stuff. But at the same time, it's very cold. It's very miserable. And a lot of people are on that new year, new me BS, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, you're really going to change now. Um, <laughs> that's it. So we have a few, th- you know, special things planned for you people today. We're going to talk about our own 2019 goals. I appear that I must sound like quite the hypocrite saying that, but, you know, right, right. maybe Hot some of us didn't you. learn that extreme solo last year and we're going to work on it this year. Uh, uh, are you pointing fingers hard. at me? No, I'm not, John. I'm pointing fingers at myself. Two fingers. See, every, right every time you point two fingers at yourself, you point eight fingers back at somebody else. I, <laughs> I, I don't That's know. how the expression <laughs> goes. Because yeah. um, so I also did not learn that solo, which has been one of those solos where it's like, I should learn that, and then I never do. Well, maybe let's talk about where we went wrong and we can, you know, damage report. Yeah. And um, we also have a, um, a lovely interview with the fantastic Mark Lettieri. John, you interviewed him. I was busy doing family stuff, but Mark you... Uh, let's let's get his name pronunciated. Lettieri. Lettieri. Mamma mia. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, guest man for Snarky Puppy, a few other people. Um, so cool to have him on. And thank you for taking that interview. Um, so uh, we are going to start off, as we always do, with our uh, lick of the week. So I think I heard a snippet of this uh, upon opening. But uh, yeah, I think I know what this is. And I'm a bit scared, but let's go for it. Be afraid. <laughs> sound effects going. as well that is i forgot I, f- I forgot what utter 
whammy pedal abuse features in that song. It is just, yeah. So that is, uh, unless it's one of the many other <laughs> songs that sound exactly like that by the band Dragon Force, that is Through the Fire and the Flames, yes? It is, it is. Because, uh, yeah, that's really the only Dragon Force song that 90% of people can name. So, yeah. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Not a good band. Sorry, <laughs> cutting cut me off right there. I, if I'm not, if I'm not incorrect, John, this would be uh, under the umbrella of power metal. I'm yes, say. yes, yeah, I would say so. I have a little bit of a soft spot for power metal. I, I don't know why. It's just the, the <sighs> speed, the shred, the speed picking. Now I can only take it in doses, but mm. I do have a little bit of a soft spot for it. It's just shred guitar and eagles and flames and yeah stuff. yeah would you like to ride upon my dragon and um, yeah it's and we'll just fight the eagles of doom yeah. yeah yeah it's um yeah a lot of a lot of tight pants it's a tight pants genre and um, no i can okay dragon force i can the boys can play it's it's you know it's, and I, they really do like they have a big um megadeth influence and they have you know they 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 have the chops but when it comes like you know i'm not going to be humming that all night i'm just you know what's what's going on it's just pure like double kick drums and it's just it's just um yeah i'm, I'm not a, a fan if yeah, we were back in our thesis was, doing our thesis right now for blast beat for guitar like that's that's what this is like it's a guitar blast beat. I yeah. have no... <laughs> I just... I remember when this song was kind of... It was weird because through Guitar Hero, the video game, it kind of peaked through into yeah. modern culture. Um, like, it's... What year is this? 2005. Yes, this yeah. is, you know, peak post-new metal. You know, what is guitar music happening? Oh, wait, there's this. Seven minutes and 22 seconds on the album version. Good God. Yeah, and um, like four of those minutes are guitar solos. Yeah, and I love how, like, the, the, the video is just... Yeah, exactly. And the video is just them, like, close-ups of their hands. Yeah. You know, with a black background. It probably cost about 30 British pounds to make. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Herman Lee. Whatever yeah. happened to Herman Lee? Uh, he's still playing. They're still doing the Dragon Force thing, so... Yeah, still touring wow. it's crazy I, yeah i have to say i came across this song because i had students who were playing guitar hero and this is i had just started teaching guitar and i i this was probably about 2006 so about the year after it came out or whatever year that was that this song was on guitar hero but yeah. i just you know, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, teaching some Stone Temple Pilots and some, you know, Nirvana riffs. And, and then someone came in and was like, I have to learn how to play this. And my jaw hit the floor because there, there just, there wasn't. And then, of course, the new metal stuff and Slipknot and, and whatnot. It's, uh, you know, whatever, drop C, drop D type stuff. And then this yeah. is just like... It's just balls to the wall. How fast can you play on one string? And then can you sweep pick a few times? And it, you know. It's got everything. It's got two-handed tapping. It's like gets all modal, like kind of Phrygian stuff. It's just, yeah. and the fecking Pac-Man noises. That's just <laughs> like. Thank you, Steve Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, hey, seriously. We'll leave, we'll leave Stevie Stevie off with that, but Herman Lee, good God. And the other guy, 
the other guy who looked like he didn't bathe. Sorry. Um, <laughs> not a fan of Dragon Force. Um, yeah, I guess we I won't be know. having the other guy on the show anytime soon. Sorry, Sam, if that is your name. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like I'm just like, but I don't know. It kind of is this genre that it's like, would you want to play this? Like, would you want to like I don't know for the chops and stuff. I suppose, but like, yeah, you know, all of your fan base are going to be dudes. You know, <laughs> um, if I, you know, if I want to like play a genre of music that's just dudes, I'll start learning jazz. It's you know, it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's um yeah, I'm not uh yeah, for Dragon Force me not likey. Um yeah. but whatever. It's like I said, I have a little bit of a soft spot for power metal. It is a little one, but it is there. So you know yeah. some arch enemy in there too sometimes. Oh, I like Arch Enemy. I, I yeah, okay. I, I, I will I will let you have that. <laughs> You're pushing it, mister. Yeah. Um yeah. cool. I it was it was nice to get a good rant at the start about yeah okay take a breath wipe the sweat um, off the that you're, you're gonna start picking bands for every one of your lick of the week that i hate that's 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 gonna that's be your a, thing well didn't also, did, we did oh. we did queen a couple weeks ago so call you know. back to that just there's so about a year ago this um art house cinema opened in galway and it's it's you know it's nice it's an independent business it's not a chain and we're all very supportive of it in the community but their biggest thing now is they have these sing-alongs for movies like it's you know it's mama mia me and the girls are gonna go have some chardonnay and sing along but their thing for mama mia is they're doing sorry not mama mia bohemian rhapsody winner a, a freaking golden globe winner for best drama what is going on? Um, is this the real life indeed, John? Um, <laughs> I just, but they're having all these sing-alongs. I'm like, don't encourage, no, don't encourage please this. Don't. Please Sorry. don't. The Rocky Horror yeah, Picture uh, Show, it is not. So No, it is not. Um, yes. Meatloaf, it is, it is not. Um, anyway, it, we were when, going to When talk are we going to get the Meatloaf yeah. story? That's what I want to know. When are we going to get the movie <laughs> called Paradise by the Dashboard Light? That's what I want to know. Or is it going to be called two out of three ain't bad? I don't know. Yeah. Um, starring only songs uh, Jason Schwartzman as Jim Steinberg. Yeah. Um, I won't do that. Um, <laughs> starring no. Jason Schwartzman. Don't. As Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd I can see it now. So we are uh, going to, to conclude this round and move on to what we were going to maybe focus on this year and what we thought we were going to, you know, focus on last year and then, you know, how we got on. So I can, I can get the ball rolling. Um, so I said last year that one of the things I really, that, you know, I, I was going to think of a, a snappy, snappy meatloaf uh, pun there, but I can only name like three songs and that didn't, does Bad Out of Hell Part 2 count? Um, <laughs> so yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know, no, nope. um, but I won't. But I won't do that, John. Bam! Oh, um, you did it! You got uh, there. You got there. Yeah. Well, two out of three. So, one. Oh God! I recognize that. <laughs> We're gonna leave that. Leave the meatloaf. Put it back in the refrigerator. Yeah, don't edit that out. So, uh, 
So, uh, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to learn last year was I wanted to learn, um, and it's going to be one of my things for this year, it was the extreme solo forget the funk out. And I believe you and I had a meeting, you know, not too long ago, and I was showing you that I was learning the tapped arpeggios. Um, and you were like, that actually sounds pretty good. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, also, my main guitar at the moment is a Telecaster, and playing that stuff on a Tele is, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's tricky. It is tricky, but it's cool, and I can. Um, it's a very, it's a great solo for chunking in terms of breaking it down into smaller parts. Also, uh, one of my favorite guitarists on YouTube, uh, Robert Baker, just did a video where he breaks down the um, the tap arpeggio section. So that is definitely the part that's really getting to me, especially because I don't know. Just ask, asking when you're playing, when you're doing like tapping, do you like put the pick anywhere, or do you like tuck it in, or what? What do you do? I I use my middle finger, and so yeah. Yeah, I just hold the pick here, unless yeah. I have to do some sort of crazy multi-finger tapping, and then it, yeah. I, I either drop it or put it in my mouth, or I don't know, yeah, get it in the thumb. I yeah, I don't know. People have different tricks. Yeah, yeah that was the. No, I have a student that actually, what she does is she takes the pick, and then. Um, Actually, here let me let me demonstrate. Audio medium, John. So, so she's she's holding the pick like this, and then she slides it up, her finger like that, and then we'll All tap right. with her index finger and slide it back down. I thought that listeners, was pretty creative. Kind of, listeners, you can't see this, but you know, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Well, you know, maybe maybe if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can see all of this in glorious Ooh. detail behind the curtain indeed um cool so john would you do you want to like either reflect on something that you wanted to do last year that you didn't really get to or that you did get to or would you like to uh maybe elaborate on one thing that you would like to get done this year in the world of guitar oh um well there there were a couple of things that almost got done and some things that didn't get done at all so and then there were a few things that did get done um, one of them that almost got done was Eugene's trick bag. So yes, we had talked about that pretty early on last year. Um, and the goal was for me to actually be able to play through the whole thing and post it up. But dude, huh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I got sidetracked. I were, I was working on some other things, didn't quite get to it, but that's one of those things that I just want to tick off. Just check the box, be like, it's done, move along, nothing to see here. So I think, think maybe I need to work on that little bit. So we'll see. Yeah. Friends, for those of you that don't know, um, the Crossroads movie, not the Britney Spears one, um, the 1986 one with Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio. Um, at the end of it, uh, Ralph Macchio says it's sold to the devil, I believe. Haven't seen it. Yeah. I've just seen the scene. And he has to play guitar real good against the devil's guitar player played by Steve Vai. Yes. And Jack Steve Butler plays is the name of the devil's guitar player. Of course. Huh. Of course yeah. it is. Um, yeah. I didn't even know he had a name. And <laughs> uh, Steve Vai's... Is the, whole, the whole section is basically uh, played by Steve Vai on the recording. Yes. Uh, um, actually, I think it's a. Uh, there's a blues. The blues licks that are coming in is is it Bo Diddley, is the other guitar player on there? Oh really? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. So anyway, the part that Steve Vai plays is called Eugene Strickbag, and it is 
a smorgasbord of, of licks and runs and tr tricks. It's, 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 it's crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, so John, I mean, of, like, even attempting that is, uh, is impressive. It's, it's sort of your, oh, I'm sorry. It's, it was uh, Ry Cooter. It was oh, other. cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, don't mix up those two people. For sure. Yeah, they are different. Anyway, um, but it's, it's basically there's sweep picking arpeggios, there's alternate picking arpeggios, there's massive leaps. And that's really the hardest section is he's playing these arpeggios going from like the fourth fret up to the 16th fret, you know, and it's just this like massive shift. And that's, that's the thing that I have found the most difficult to really be able to bring up to speed is just because the shift, it's just the physical act of shifting that quickly and then trying to land it accurately is difficult. It's kind of funny, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, let you in on a little bit of Irish slang, but um, shifting oh, in Irish yes. culture means making out uh, in American. Yeah. So uh, shifting yeah. that fast, John. Really, sorry. Uh, it's so it's very it. difficult to shift that fast. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, I, I actually knew that because we had that shifty chair, and yet you continue to say it. Yeah, um, exactly. That's why I continue to say it. So. That's it. So uh, that's cool. Um, another so, thing that, yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, but then you just started launching into it. Very, I did. Classic question. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what about you? Um, you've, you just played a massive gig and you've got, um, you know, new stuff coming up. So do you have any like gig oriented or recording oriented goals that you'd like to do? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so that, that's a good question because, I mean, I normally I was going to talk about uh, practicing, but I do want to practice more, but we talk about that all the time. But when it comes to actually, like, playing music in a live or original music in a, you know, live or recorded capacity, yeah, I do have a few things I want to do. Um, I have another single coming out from my EP uh, with a video nice. which should be out 1st of February, hopefully. And uh, then from there, I'm hoping to put out a couple more singles and, um, you, know, you know, that don't belong to any album or EP in hopefully, you know, April, maybe June, every two months at the goal. And yeah, I just want to want to record with new producers and I really want to get like a good, like I, I found that I love playing acoustic guitar live. Um, and in terms of like, just, I really want to get a good acoustic tone. And um, I don't know if that'll mean changing my pickup or, you know, uh, you know, doing the whole John Gom thing and running through a pedal board. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I've, I've, I'm listening to a lot more acoustic guitar players that would play I don't know, with a bit more of a electric vibe, sort of like, you know, maybe John Butler. So that's one of my big things this year is to like have a good live tone that doesn't suck, suck ass. Um, because it's, 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 I was just, I was looking back at videos of the gig that I played the other night, which was a lot of fun, but just the guitar coming through the monitors. I'm like, if this sounds like this to everybody else, nobody's going to have a good time. So um, yeah, I suppose uh, once again, chasing that tone dragon, um, yes. is definitely on my definitely on my uh, agenda this year and um, it's a weird thing as well because when you when you go onto google and you like you know can i run an acoustic guitar through you know electric pedals it's all a bit murky it's all a bit like yeah, yeah you can but don't do this or have this kind of pickup or use this kind of amp 
and it's just I don't know so I'm gonna like try and get my research done do you know get my research done and try and uh, figure out a good avenue to go down that way um but yeah that's kind of one thing I mean I really want to focus on getting a good live sound is, is, is something I really, really like to do. And I will yeah. keep you posted on that. Um, right now, to be honest, the actual, my acoustic, my Taylor 110 with my Fishman Matrix pickup, um, going into a soul food um, treble booster by Electro Harmonics, it's, it's, a, it's a great sound. It's what I really, really like. So nice. I'm just going to use that as my, my start and kind of build on that. Um, any more goals you have uh, for, for the year? Oh yeah. Um, I, I think I need to do some more recording or at least like get together an EP for the year. So I, I don't quite know what that's, what that's going to look like. Maybe it's a, you know, kind of just an instrumental guitar album, but trying to make sure it's not a whole bunch of noodling, which a lot of those instrumental guitar albums can be that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I would prefer it not to be that at least be something that's kind of, um interesting so might be shred oriented might not be i genuinely have no idea at this point but i've got a couple of like things started a couple of tracks started that i just need to kind of work through and you know um you probably know more than me but writing is a process and that's yeah yeah so. Especially if it's instrumental stuff, it's it's very much like, you know, it doesn't have to. I write folk rock pop, and it is uh, essentially very much a formula. But when you're getting into instrumental stuff, you know, it doesn't have to essentially be a various chorus thing. It can, it can yeah. take whatever shape you want it to go in, which is very liberating, but also a bit intimidating in terms of like, you know, should this should this go here? Does this feel right? And um, be definitely something I'd like to discuss, uh, especially if you would be willing to play some demos maybe down the line. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. Sweet. So yeah, those are those are some things we're going to work on this year. How about you? We now actually should have said this up top. Have an Instagram page. That's right, young people. We are uh, <laughs> we are hip jive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all three young people who are interested <laughs> in guitar. Um. <laughs> Uh, so um, yeah uh, we will be posting more John has been taking the reins on that and I will definitely contribute um, you know you soon. I'll get around to it I know where um, you live yeah uh, um, so <laughs> I haven't yeah, been to your please. house since you've moved to Galway but you know yeah, you know, it's a small town. You'll find me easily enough. Uh, don't give up <laughs> um, so yeah we would love to hear what, what are you going to work on this year we will post um, an Instagram I don't know, video, clip, uh, picture of us uh, when this comes out. And we'd love to hear what you're working on and maybe we could discuss it, uh, other people's goals. Um, sweet. So, John, do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark Latiri is probably best known for his work with Snarky Puppy. But if you do a little bit of digging, he is a prolific player. He plays on all sorts of records that I joked with him a little bit about doing. He jumped on a kind of jazzy hip hop Christmas record, um, played some oh. stuff on there. So when I say hip hop, I mean that as in a very loose, loose way. So um, just because there's no actual rapping, it just has some good beats. Beats. I don't know yeah. how else to put it. <laughs> so Beats are in, John. It's the beats, but he's, he's – very versatile guitar player. If you check out his own discography uh, on Spotify, that's actually how I came across him 
his solo work is pretty diversified, but it, it definitely has kind of a blues rock vibe to it, but it's influenced by funk and Jeff Beck and Steve Vai and all kinds of other stuff. So it's, uh, he's big fan of a lot of those classic guys like Steve Lukather, um, and Michael Landau. We've talked about those guys on the show a little bit as yeah. well. So definitely check him out. Prolific player based out of, uh, Texas, uh, Dallas area, if I'm not mistaken. So as opposed to Austin, which is interesting, but, um, yeah, there you have Sweet. it. There you have it, people. So here is our, uh, our interview with Mark. Do you want to finish Lettieri? it off? I can let you Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark, uh, Mark Latieri, pleasure to have you on the show. And Good anyway, here, man. so for those that aren't necessarily as familiar with you as maybe they should be, you're probably most well known for your work with Snarky Puppy, but you're, you are like the consummate working man's musician. You're always doing session work. You're always playing. Um, you know, you did a Christmas, you worked on someone else's Christmas album this year, like loads yeah, of did. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but just give us a little bit of background for our listeners, kind of how you came to be where you are, like, and, um, your connection with Snarky Puppy and what you're up to these days. Sure. Uh, it's, it's probably not unlike most musicians, you know, I just kind of found guitar at a, at a relatively early age. I was a middle school kid, uh, learning, you know, guitar, just like any other middle school kid. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of that age where you start to listen to music on your own and maybe not really listen to what your parents were listening to. But um, thankfully, my parents had great taste in music, so, so I'm okay <laughs> with that. But, uh, but you know, I was, I was 11, 12, just listening to the radio. And I think maybe part of it was kind of a social thing. It was just like, you know, what suburban boys eventually learn guitar. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. like they ride bikes, they blow stuff up, and then maybe they get a guitar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that was me. Uh, it just happened that I really liked it, you know. So, um, so that's how it started, and I, I just fell in love with it right off the bat, and was was practicing as much as I could, and, and making up my own songs, and jamming with friends, and starting little bands, and playing, you know, teen centers and churches and whatever, you know, playing on the lawn at school, whatever gigs we could get. You know, I think we may have played a middle school dance or two actually, uh, and it's just sort of it stayed with me all through all through college um more now, did you go to school for music no i didn't i, I uh it's common misconception although i think people are getting it out now that i i actually was a, a an advertising and public relations student okay so I, I'm bs in journalism yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh which is you know it's sort of like this, this kind of family business is what my folks did when i was a kid so so it made sense to me you know something that was interesting to me to pursue as a career but um the guitar thing was always just kind of like right here, just like, yeah. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this, you know, and it just, just timing wise and the way life works out, man, it was like by the end of college, I had more connections in the local music scene than I did job leads in advertising. Wow. And so it, it kind of, the writing was on the wall. It was like, look, dude, this is what you really like to do. This is what you love to do. You know, give it a shot. And so, um, so I took a chance, you know, I took a chance at what, it's a chance, you know, you know, yeah. playing music for a living is, is, <laughs> is not guaranteed, you know? Uh, and I, I, you know, I just, in my early twenties, I just did anything. I, I did any gig I could with anybody for any amount of money. 
mostly it was not a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and just did the grind, man. You know, I had a couple bands that were kind of touring and we would just like get in a car that somebody borrowed and drive somewhere and sleep on a floor. And, you know, it was, this was before social media. So, so if you wanted to get yourself out there and get people to know you, you either had to have like a MySpace page or something, which I guess that worked for some bands, but, uh, for us, it was like, yeah, let's just drive <laughs> yeah, really far distances. And, um, and I hooked up with Snarky Puppy a couple years out of college. They, they all went to music school together and started the band and whatnot. And I met them just, just playing in the Dallas music scene and uh, just ended up part of the family because they just needed a guitar player to cover some gigs uh, that the other two fellows couldn't do. And so kind of the way it works with that band is like if, if somebody puts in the work and learns the music and, and plays, plays it great, it's like we'll just keep them in the band because they, they're great and they, you know, they did all right. the work. <laughs> so I guess I was good enough, you know. Um, and that was it, you know, that kind of, that, that, that's how I got to come with that band. And, um, but aside from that, you know, I, I do my own, I, I do my own music. Uh, I lead my own band and write my own records and, and, and then do session work with a lot of people and teach sometimes, do clinics and do gear demos and do uh, sideman, you know, tours and stuff like that, uh, you know, backing up artists and whatnot. And so um, it's a little bit of everything. And I try to do a little bit of everything because I like all of it. I don't, you know, it's like each, each gig I do has a, has a specific place in my, in my musical satisfaction library. <laughs> but yeah, so. I've noticed you sort of, you have a, a broad range of things that you do that you like to play. Um, sure. Honestly, it almost feels like every track on your, your latest album, uh, the one that came out in 2016. Right. Yeah. Um, it feels like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that one, like it, almost every track has a slightly different vibe to it, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, like, yeah. A, like its own personality almost. Oh, so cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And some of it too. I mean, I came across it cause I was kind of, I was digging on some Michael Landau stuff and yeah, it said, well, sure. if you like Michael Landau, you oh, might okay. like this. Hey, so the <laughs> algorithm did its job. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So are you a big Landau fan then as well? Uh, yeah, I am. I, I guess I got into him kind of late. Uh, most of my friends were already into him and I was like, who? And they were like, Oh, well, I think for them, they were like, well, if you like Jeff Beck, you'll love Michael Landau. Yeah. And so obviously that made perfect sense. And then right. essentially I just kind of like from Jeff, I kind of gravitated to anyone that was really great with the whammy bar. <laughs> so like Landau, Steve Lukather, Jimmy Herring, you know, Scott Henderson, all these guys that had this thing that they were doing. Yeah. Like, I have to be, I have to do that. Like, that just works for what's in my head, you know? So yeah, Landau is fantastic. I, I've never seen him live though. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, but once I saw him once at the baked potato. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> the place to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So, cool. okay. So that's, that's kind of a little bit of your background now with all the work that you're doing, how do you still find time to improve your own skills, whether that's creative skills or whether that's, just your chops, like keeping your chops fresh, not necessarily up to speed, but just like right. feeling like you're coming up with stuff that's fun, stuff that's new. new yeah. New uh, it, man, it kind of comes and goes. It, it's, there's an ebb and flow to it. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I feel creative and I, and I want to write. And then sometimes I just feel like playing 
and not really writing anything. And then other times I don't feel like doing either. <laughs> uh, in fact, like this past week, I, I was in the studio with this band, the Fearless Flyers. And so that was a lot of kind of intense focus. And then I had a rehearsal the same weekend with a different project for the Vic Firth drum live video, which was a totally different set of focus. Um, basically a, a lot of grooves in four, four, and then a lot of grooves in like 13 and nine and things like that. Oh, and then I got home and just like picked up a guitar and just didn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, I probably, I think I'm spent right now. Like take a minute, you know, whatever. Uh, so the past couple of days I haven't really played. I've just been kind of listening to mixes of some projects that I'm working on, which is good for me. It's practice in another kind of way. Um, yeah, how do you expound on that a little bit when you say it's practice in another kind of way? I think a lot of a lot of guitar players feel like whatever, you know, if if I'm going to practice, I got to have guitar in hand kind of thing. Sure. Like I got to be running scales or arpeggios or right. something. So yeah. expound on that. Sure. Well, I think um well, it's it's I guess twofold. The fact that I'm listening to my own music because these are my own projects, uh, it's, it makes me very aware of my playing, my tone, and, and just the way that I produce, the way that I arrange, the way that I write, the way that a mix needs to come together to make, you know, to have the song really be able to speak. Um, and that, that's a part of what I do, you know, arranging tunes and then kind of producing them in the studio. And so, so, so the more experience I have with that, the better. That's practice to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and obviously just listening to other musicians, I think, just listening to not guitar players you know if i listen to a mix i might just listen to the snare drum you know and and you get if you can understand all the dynamics of the snare drum and how you can make it sound different and how it can lay in the pocket and do all these different things it just makes you a better musician yeah um uh, i never listen to a mix and just listen to my guitar playing <laughs> it'd be the worst sounding record ever if that was the only thing that i focused on right yeah um, so, so a lot of times just listening to music is practice for me. Um, okay. You know, even regardless of whether or not I'm shedding scales or anything like that, I, it, that, that has a time and place and, and a, it needs to be focused on. But, but I think the really great players, and I'm not including myself in this statement, but are guys who are aware of the entire musical context when they play. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that just comes from listening. Yeah. Being aware of, of, every piece of the song, every piece of the arrangement, every, every instrument that's involved. Um, that's good practice to focus on stuff. That's not you. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, like I said, that's not something most of us would think of right out the gate. Sure. Um, when, when you talk about arranging, what is your arrangement process like when you sit down to kind of, and you, whatever it is, maybe you come up with a lick or maybe, maybe you hear a, you know, a, a great snare hit or you've got a yeah. rhythm idea. Like how, how does your process typically begin? And then what does the rest of that arrangement process look like for you? Right. Um, it usually starts with, uh, you know, some sort of germ of an idea, whether it's, it, you know, it's, a lot of this might just come from like practicing something technical. Yeah. You know, and then you stumble across a melody and then you forget about all the technical stuff and just focus on the fact that all of a sudden there's this beautiful melody that you just play. Uh, and so then I'll record it on my iPhone or something. Um, it, it all depends if I'm, if I'm here at the, at the little the house studio, um, I have my whole setup here so I can like compose and arrange and, and do all that uh, all together. There's a keyboard here. 
there's basses, there's guitars, there's amps, you know, so I can just kind of plug everything in and just do it all. Yeah. And I like that. I think because as I, you know, as I'm writing something, well, then I might hear, okay, the bass needs to do this. So I pick up a bass, do the thing, but then I'm like, okay, well, because the bass is doing that, then it, maybe it needs a keyboard or maybe the drums need to do this other thing because the bass is now doing this. And so it all just mm -hmm. sort of like overlaps and builds. Um, and then hopefully at the end of it, I have a song that makes sense from A to Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then a lot of times, you know, I, uh, I will then take, maybe take stuff out. You know, yeah. I, um, I, I tend to maybe like over arrange sometimes just because it might feel cool at the time. But then when I go to really put it together, I'll take stuff out because it doesn't really help the song much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but then on the other hand, I just made this baritone funk EP that's coming out hopefully in a, in a couple of weeks. That's like oh, really? it's totally overarranged. <laughs> There's <laughs> just like things coming at you from all directions. But that was the point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just was like, screw it. I'm going to throw it. I'm putting everything here. And, then, and you know, sometimes with funk, you can do that, man. Well, most of the time you can't. Because <laughs> I, you know, but I hopefully if I figured out a way to make it work, if anything, It'll make people go back and listen to stuff more than once and be like, oh, dang, did you hear that thing out of the left speaker at three minutes and 40 seconds? I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's by design. Um, okay. So, yeah, but, you know, I, you know, if I write on the road or something, then it might be even, even harder. Then it might just be on a guitar or something like that. Or, like, if I'm sitting backstage and there's, like, a piano or whatever. I don't even play piano, but I can, like, kind of pound on it and get a sound or something. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just record it on my phone, take it home, and then if I'm feeling inspired to do something, I'll start going through all these little nuggets and see which ones are really worth something. So as, as a, primarily a guitarist, how, how valuable is it to, to be able to at least understand and play these other instruments in some fashion? I mean, it can't hurt you. Uh, I'm not out here saying I'm going to start gigging on bass or, you know, any, I mean, right. of course there are some guys who can play all these things at, at a professional level. Right. Uh, but I, you know, if you have the opportunity to like, go ahead and just leave, at least like plink around, make noise. Um, right. because you know, guys, if you really want to be a writer of some kind, you just, you need to understand how those kind of things work. I mean, you know, there's obviously a whole lot of exceptions to this. Some guys are singer-songwriters, and they just play acoustic guitar and sing, and that's great. Yeah. Um, but it, it depends on the kind of music you want to make, I think. And, and, you know, for what I do, that's sort of instrumental-based and based around the cohesion of, of lots of instruments in a composition, I need to understand how all that stuff works. Um, my, I, I've always hopefully tried to make music that's guitar-based, but not only featuring guitar. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I listen, I like like take a John Schofield record for example. Obviously, it's a John Schofield record. You're gonna hear a lot of John Schofield, but everything else that everyone is doing on those tracks is so cool, you know. And he's he's written those songs to give guys life, to give them room to be great musicians, you know. Yeah. Every great instrumental composition, I, I feel like, should have that sort of element to it. So when you're doing your writing for, say, a keyboard part, you kind of, you have a general idea and you... Yeah, I mean, and sometimes there might be something specific that needs to be played because that's what the harmony's doing or, the, or mm -hmm. it's a line or something like that. But then other times, you know, it's like, yeah, man, do your thing. Like, there, there's a couple tracks 
on the baritone record and, and on my next solo record that's coming out, Things of That Nature, uh, where I just emailed the song to the guys. And I just said, get weird. And then <laughs> you know, said, like, I had a few specific things like, you know, could you play this line at one minute, 40 seconds, whatever. But then other than that, do, do be you, do your thing. Yeah. And these guys are just, they have such great ears and they just understand how to apply their craft that I don't really need to tell them anything. And so yeah. they do their thing. Yeah. Very cool. So I kind of want to jump back to some of the stuff you were talking about with the, the, the sessions where you're working that four, four session and, and that's yeah. a very particular type of focus. And then you got the drum session, which is another focus. Right. I think anytime you're in a situation where you're kind of going from project to project, whether they're your own projects or whether they're gigs or whatever there does, there, there requires a certain re um, a refocus or a shift in yeah. your mindset of what you're doing. How do you prepare yourself for those situations? Because I, I have found anyway, it's very difficult to just go like from one session to another session without kind of having some sort of opportunity to shift or refocus. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll just have to chalk a lot of it up to experience, mm -hmm. and and that might just sort of be like the cop out answer, but. Um, I've been doing stuff like that since I started doing this for a living. Yeah. Um, right out of college, I would do a gospel gig and then I'd play a top 40 gig and then I would go do like a local hip hop session and then I would play with a country band, you know, and then I would try to write my own music for my own prog rock band that I had, you know? So yeah. it's, it's just been something that I've been doing for a long time. I mean, even, even in high school, you know, I had my band with my friends and we did like weird instrumental rock stuff. I was in the jazz band, so I had that stuff to play, uh, you know, the big band. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I was playing in my church, so we had that stuff. So yeah. it's just always been there. Um, and I think if, if you're really a, a fan of music and you just like sounds and things, it's, it's okay. You can kind of like just put on different hats and turn on different switches and turn them off again, you know. Um, yeah. And so, like, this, this past week, like, I was in the studio for a couple hours with the Fearless Flyers doing our groove stuff, and then at night, I would put on my headphones up in my room and, like, shed to this crazy Peter Erskine song. <laughs> and it was just, like, it was, you know, it worked out because, like, I think uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the session there, you know, with, with the Flyers, it was like, okay, cool, we're done, great, everything went great, I don't have anything to think about now. Nice. The next day is a new day, so I still have these seven hours to, you know, eat some dinner, grab a beer or whatever, and then get back to work and then go to bed. So, I, but I think it's just because I've been doing that for so long, you know. Um, it's hard. It'd be very hard for, for someone who's, who's only really focused on one, one specific kind of music to maybe do that. But yeah, um, since it's just been a part of me since I was 15... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is great. I mean, I, I love what you said about just the the love of sound. So I yeah. think there's, I think there's again, and it's easy to get bogged down in the technical stuff and forget like you're making sounds. You know, yeah, you're just <laughs> making sounds. And 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 I mean, there's only twelve notes if you play Western music, right? So if you can just pick some good ones that work for what you're trying to do. <laughs> That's, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of it, I guess. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, 
couple couple of gear questions then. Kind of. Oh, do you do you have a favorite guitar at the moment? <laughs> uh, I have a couple. Yeah, um, I have I have a, two. Well, I have I have this one Grosh guitar, this blue. Right. Don Which is it like all your videos? Yeah, that ain't going nowhere. Um, I, I, you know. Um, and then what else is back here? There's a really nice Collings I35 that I use mm. quite a bit. Uh, there's this a cool little PRS 594 that I kind of do all my Les Paul stuff on. Um, there's a really awesome Ibanez AZ, which we're we're kind of kind of tweaking a little bit. Um, which is a really nice kind of sort of super strat kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and then I have another Fender body that, that Don Grosh put a Grosh neck on. Oh, cool. That I play a lot. And that one has noiseless pickups, so it helps a lot in the studio for other people's projects. On my projects, <laughs> there's all kinds of noise because I don't care. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the big the, the other producers are like, ah, what is that? Can we get rid of that? You know. Yeah. It's a guitar. It's supposed to make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's made that sound for 60 years. Exactly, right. Um, and then, you know, I have a, a little collection of collection. I have a couple baritones over here that are really cool, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. And I then you've got. I guess whole, I have a favorite, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you've got a whole bunch of stuff you were saying before we started recording that you've got a. You got a whole bunch of stuff that you're demoing for Nam or whatever as well. Anything interesting? Anything you can kind of give us a, a preview of? Um, that's I'm like... trying to think. Yeah, there's a there's a box here from Walrus Audio. Ooh. Uh, they sent, I think, two of the pedals. I'm not even supposed to tell you what they are or something like. They're kind of secret. Oh. I actually haven't taken those out of the box yet, but there's these two other ones that they've had for a while. There's a tremolo here and a and a chorus choral vibe thing that, that sound really great. I'm really digging those. Uh, MXR just sent me a, a new octave pedal, which you will probably see me play at the show. Okay. It's really cool and it's small, which is nice. And I think I'm allowed to talk about it. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, what else came? There's some, some funky stuff from TC Electronic that showed up, which I think oh. I can talk about. Uh, this It's like this intelligent harmonizer pitch shifter thing called a Brainwaves. Okay. Uh, which I put on my record. Um, make my guitar sound like angels, so I'm into that. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's good for uh, the church gigs, right? Yeah, right. It's definitely definitely that scene will get hip to that pedal very quickly. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what else? There's uh, this really wacky envelope filter down here from from Pigtronics that I think I'm not supposed to talk about yet. <laughs> it's, it's not a secret. Well, we don't know what it's named yet. So. No, I, I do. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a blank piece of blank metal box, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm sure when you... Oh, and there's this really great thing right here that I can talk about. Uh, it's the Sewer Reactive Load, Ooh. Um, which is a really, really cool device. I need to tell them how much I like it, actually, I, need to call that <laughs> so what does it do well it's a um, it's a it's a load box for your amp head okay but it comes with speaker simulation so like you can plug a head into this reactive load dial up a speaker sound and then run it straight into your computer wow yeah so That's you brilliant. can get the sound of a marshall turn all the way to the four thousand. Yeah. And then they have, it comes with a bunch of different impulse responses of speaker cabinets, 412s, 112s, 212s. Um, and then it goes straight into your computer. 
It totally wow. bypasses the cabinet. You can plug a cabinet into the back of it if you want. Uh, but yeah, it came in about a week or two ago and I immediately put it on my record. Um, wow. So it's, it's really neat. And there's a Kemper over here, which I use a lot too. And I'm right. using the Kemper and the sewer at the same time to kind of get like this cool double amp effect where, you know, you can do all kinds of neat stuff that way. So that's super cool. Yeah. Getting weird over here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So a, a question that we ask everybody then. Okay. Um, if you had one pedal that you could take on a desert island, it's your desert oh. island pedal. Okay. So you've That's got an obvious answer. You, you, you have a, you have a guitar, you have an amp. I, I may even have to say you can't say a looper pedal. No, but. it's not a looper. Okay. I, they would kill me if I didn't say this. It's, it's, it's the J rocket melody. It's my signature overdrive pedal. There you go. So of course I'm going to take that over here, right? <laughs> No, in all serious, I designed it. We designed it. They, yeah, sorry to save my life. They designed it uh, so that you could just have like one or two pedals on your on a gig. You know. Oh, that's fantastic! Su super flexible, really great sounding. Uh, very hard to make sound bad, but I could probably figure out how to do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, that's a good one. I'll, I'll say that. J Rock and Melody, get get your tickets now. There you go. It's shameless promotion. It's oh uh, yeah, uh, no shame. Try to make a living, dude. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Aren't we all? So, yeah. um, okay, Mark, this has been fantastic. Where can people find out more about you, your music, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Cool. I'm on all social media platforms uh, on Instagram and as MJ Latiri, uh, and then on. Facebook, I have two pages, just Mark Latieri. One was my music page, one was my like, personal page, but you can follow either one. Uh, and then I have a website, www.marklatieri.com, where all the tour dates are. So that's actually very important. So yes, out. go, uh, go post, see him on tour. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, but I post, usually if there's a flyer or something like that of tour dates, I post it to all socials. So, um, But yeah, it's, it's on Bands in Town as well, at Mark Latieri Music, I think it is. Uh, so it's not hard to find. I don't think there's always Google, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, all, uh, we'll put all these links in the show description as well. All right. Click cool. away, dear listeners. Yeah. And find out more. So there you go. anyway, Mark, appreciate it so much. And yeah. Good talk to you, John. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Okay. Anytime. And we're back. Yay. Um, Thank you, Mark, for being on our, our little old podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, always good to have guests. Um, yeah, that's one of the things we're really going to focus on. Again, this year we had some amazing guests in the last year. So just kind of building on that. Um, and we really, we really appreciate your time. Um, John, one of the things that I took out of that interview was kind of the idea of versatility as a, as a musician um, in terms of like, do I need to know all these things? And, you know, how good should I be at X or Y? And... I, I don't know. It's an interesting concept. I, I ran this by my guitar teacher recently and I asked, I was like, do I really need to know how to play Thunderstruck or like play, you know, yeah. I, what do I need to know? And he's like, it depends if you're a cover musician, then yes, you need to, you need to be versatile. You need to, if you need to, you know, you need to chicken pick if you're playing, if you're hired for a country, it depends on the gig that you're doing. Yeah. But if you're an original musician and you're, you're doing your own thing and you've got your own, for lack of a better word, vision, um, then no, you don't need to, yeah, have that stuff down and um, you just play what you feel like you want to play and you know um go with that have you any thoughts on that or on the interview 
as yeah um i i because of what mark does like he is he is a really solid all-around guitar player you know but I, that said i don't think you're necessarily going to call him for the next dragon force record so <laughs> that's uh um but i i think his his point of just being being able to switch modes quickly it's something that if you're if that's your aim if you want to be the session guy or the tour guy you really got to do that you have to be able to to switch genres i think um i had somebody say one of my teachers at one point say to me like you can focus on two things and any more than that and you're kind of able to you might be able to do a lot of things well but you're not necessarily going to be able to jump from being basically brad paisley to yeah playing in um a thrash metal band to playing into uh, you know whatever so i think i think there's something to be said now that said i think mark definitely has a very uh distinct sound so despite his influences and in, in his ability to kind of jump in and out of a lot of different session environments I think his playing is still in a way uniquely his, but if you're going to be the guy who's going to be on the road or who's going to be the guy they call for a session, you got to be able to do a lot of things. Well, um, not everybody can do that. So if you have the time and the ability to do it, more power to you. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's it. It's about time management and stuff, which is a recurring topic on our, on our pod. Anyway, thanks Mark for being on our, on our little show. Um, so John, what have you been working on? Dare I ask in your, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I have been working on, at least in this last week, I've, I've been working on a Chon song. Are you familiar with Chon at all? Uh, Chon are, Yes, yes, I am. Uh, is that Yvette Young's band or friend of Yvette Young's band? Friend of Yvette Young. So, yes. Sean, uh, they're, I, I guess it falls under math rock, but it's kind of. Because they have a name like Sean, of course. Yeah, math. exactly. Yeah. Um, now, how exactly math rock is defined, I think, is, is pretty loose. Typically, people talk about like there's tapping involved or there's odd time signatures, but. Um, and then generally with clean tones, so or cleaner tones as instead of you know prog metal or something. I don't know. Anyway, point being, I've been working on this song "Water Slide." It's pretty crazy. Um, it's a lot of big stretches and palm muting, and I, I definitely recommend checking them out. Um, but I had a student who was like, "Well, I'm kind of getting into math rock," and I said, "You yeah, know, we should look at this." <laughs> So that's, that's how all new math rock fans sound. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, sweet. Yeah. I, I liked, I, I have heard a little bit of Chan and I, I was impressed by it. It's, it's, it's cool to kind of, it's cool vibe. It's definitely a, like they, they have a sound. It's, it's a real kind of distinctive yeah. sort of vibe to what they do. Yeah. It's a, uh, in, it's, flashy but not like in a dragon force sort of way <laughs> dragon it, force. It, is, it is really groove oriented but i mean it's when you start listening to it and you think like holy cow that's that's no small thing 
So might see if we can get uh, Mario there or Mario um, on the podcast. So that would be cool. From is that young that we should contact him? So Mario, if you're that. listening and you you know we are. Um, you know if you're if you're listening and we know you are, uh, please send <laughs> us a message. And anybody, if you want to send us an email, uh, sharpenthataxe at gmail dot com. Little plug there. So um, what have you been working on then? So John, um, one of the presents that I got from my darling family for uh, Christmas because they asked me what to get me was this. Um, I'm going to check how many pages there are in this bad boy. 236 pages oh, in no. this uh, play book by Brad Paisley. Holy cow. And I am still currently on track number one. Um, but it <laughs> is, uh, it's, it's a fantastic album in terms of being a country player but not wanting to hear about pickup trucks or, um, you know, girls in hot pants it's uh you know basic mostly for the most part in a cornfield that's it man uh you know the 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 sunlight glistening off the lake i don't know um (laughs) uh, so yeah it's essentially just amazing country guitar playing which i really have soft spot for and it's 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 class man and the first uh song is called huckleberry jam and it's just it's just a chicken picking bonanza and there's very few live videos on YouTube, but I found this one guy playing along to it perfectly. And uh, so I'm basically kind of following along by him using YouTube's slower downer technology yeah. and kind of playing along. But it's, yeah, it's it's good, but it's it's so musical, you know, just taking like standard one, four, five chords and just picking out the notes in the, the right way. I, I really dig it. Um, so that's basically kind of what I'm working on. Also, um, got my little THR5 amp now, which is a beauty. Um, so I am uh, running my, sometimes I'm just making some playlists and I'm running my Spotify through that and then playing along for ear training. Just um, some kind of easier pop stuff that's very melodic we talked about. Playing along with Mariah Carey and Destiny's Child before. That's yes. a fun way. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm wearing. Have you been I'm, listening I'm, to anything new? Well, I'm curious, actually. Uh, I wanted to ask you, when you're working on something like the Brad Paisley stuff, is your goal to be able to play it from start to finish? Or are you kind of like, are you cherry picking riffs or licks that you're like, hey, that's super cool. I want to grab that. It's a good question. When I'm learning it, I am breaking it into sections. But then when, you know, I'll, I'll sit down for 15 minutes and I'll, you know, I'll be like, okay, can I learn this section here? Um, a lot of it is, it's yeah, uh, technically when I am sitting through stuff, I do like being able to play it from start to finish. I don't know why. It's just, it's just you know, it's good to, if he's doing it live in the studio, you kind of want to aim towards that. It's not just a speed thing. It's also like a endurance thing, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I, um, I'm not just cherry picking the parts. I would like to be able to actually sit down and play through it from start to finish, eventually being the key word there. Yeah. So um yeah, no that's 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 kind of it. Um but yeah, it's also you know, it's 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 a chops builder whenever you pick out a little section to do. So that's that's what I love. That's what I love about it. Um how about you, John? What are you listening to this week? Uh this week actually I've spent quite a bit of time listening to a couple of jazz guitar players. So old school ones, some Barney Kessel and some Joe Pass. Um just oh, yeah, Joe Pass. I've, um, I've got a couple of students working on some of that stuff and, uh, and a little bit of some gypsy jazz, a few different people, the rhythm future quartet or future rhythm quartet. Oh shoot. Now I need to remember exactly what their name is. 
That's all right. Um, but yeah, it's part of it is too. I yeah, rhythm future quartet. Um, there's something about being able to play that stuff that you have to listen to it as well, if that makes any sense. It's not just the theory. A lot of people, I think, kind of get bogged down in the theory of the jazz, but if you're not listening to it, um, you're not really going to be able to use the vocabulary effectively. But that's kind of the way it is, I think, with any type of music. So if, regardless of what you're playing, if you're not listening to it, you're not really expressing the vocabulary accurately if that makes any sense no it does absolutely i mean you're just you're you need to kind of have some idea of like you know notes that you're listening out for and phrasing and stuff like that it's it's, it's a huge part of it um yeah. so yeah i mean what's 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 the point you know i'm just learning to play something if you're not gonna be listening to what the guitarist is actually doing anyway right so what about you um anything new on the on the old spotify yeah. playlist <laughs> bit of old and new um uh, a, a new album that i've uh you know adopted into my heart during work this week uh i i completely said that by accident but it's actually called heart songs and it's a new al album by uh tommy emmanuel which is um it's really nice it's it's really nice guitar playing it's done with a guy called john knowles and um, these are both certified guitar players you know they have the uh, the chet atkins seal of approval and um, but yeah really nice finger style finger picking and um, guitar playing also band i've gone back to and i'm not sure if i like them but you know still i'm like okay they could write some good uh, nerd pop songs as weezer i uh i've been just sticking on a, like a, a weezer playlist on found on spotify and i'm like is this good i don't know it's catchy it's very formulaic really weird if i could recommend if you're wondering about like songwriting or anything there's this podcast called uh, song exploder in which you know famous musicians break down how they wrote their songs and Rivers Cuomo from Weezer has such a weird way of writing songs. It's like done in a lab. It's everything. Is, you, know, you will put in lyrics that don't make sense, but if they have the right syllables that sound right to his ears. So yeah, interesting. But I mean, when it comes to the band, they're all like, you know, every song is basically within the three minutes. It's all very um, formulaic pop, but I have a soft spot for it. Not going to lie. There you go. Plus that first album has really good solos. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, bringing, bringing guitar solos to alt, early 90s alt rock. What could go wrong? There you there go. There you go. Nothing, obviously. Um, <laughs> so friends, we, are, um, we have some big plans for 2019. Uh, we really, we, you know, we appreciate you as always. Um, give our Instagram page a like. Just sharpen that X pod, I believe. Um, you should be able to find it pretty easily yeah. and uh yeah uh, you know let us know what you're working on what you're listening to and you know what you want to do this year uh, john have you anything to add for our lovely listeners um you're beautiful Each you are beautiful one of you. not in a james blunt way in a real way <laughs> yes um, yeah that's it didn't see you on a train or whatever that song is about um yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, got some big interviews planned and yeah, hopefully gonna, gonna do more video stuff as well because apparently it's the future or the present. I don't know, one of those. Um, it's all video. So uh, the, the maybe future imitating the present or art something or along those lines. <laughs> um, uh, perfect. So that is us for this week. Tune in next time, probably in about two weeks or so. But yeah, uh, stay sharp, guys. Woo.